This is another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. For people who are never in a bad mood, everyone else is just annoying. And I'm your host, Sydney. Let's dive into what's getting under our skin this week. What is up? And welcome back for another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. As always, I am your host, Sydney, discussing the latest and greatest in the news of what has gotten on my nerves this week. And as you guys know, it's always something, but I am back and I am better, you guys. I am joined by a new guest this week who also just informed me that this is his first podcast appearance. So, you know, happy to be that first for him. And you guys, let's welcome Kirsten. Kirsten is the owner of Peace Pipes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Oh, my gosh. Peace Pipes. Oh, my gosh. But you guys, we are going to get into everything that is peace pipes including how gorgeous they are and what exactly they mean and just giving you some more backstory but Kirsten do you want to give a quick introduction yeah yeah um so I'm Kirsten um I create smoking devices um from vintage glasswares um there's so many different types I could possibly use. It just kind of comes down to a matter of what I find to be um, mindful in which the way you want to use it. Uh, I've got large pieces, small pieces, very uh, uniquely shaped ones. Um, it, I don't even know where to start, but I, I do appreciate you for having me on here and giving me a chance to share the things I create. Uh, now, I, I love that you found interest in it in the first place. Uh, this is art, it's art for me. It's much less a business and more so um, uh, at scale art project. I'm just happy people uh, like them enough to take them on. <laughs> you know? Yes. And you guys are going to get more into it throughout the episode. And I know podcasts are very audio based and not as visual, but all of these pieces are gorgeous. I'm pretty sure I'll be like posting some of them on the podcast page and directing you to the website. But let's get yeah. into it. Starting off with the very first segment of the show, we have fed up or f***ed up. So for my new listeners, um, this segment allows you to get to know our guests better because what better way to know somebody than hearing about what gets under their skin or gets on their nerves. (laughs) So I'll start off with a quick snippet of something that happened to me last week, but y'all the scammers are still scamming. Like everybody thinks we're wrapping it up in terms of summertime, but baby, the scammers are on the block and it is hot. So my aunt tried to do something nice for me. Um, You know, like I'm sure a lot of you guys have family members that follow you on social media and they interact with you guys. I'm an adult. My family's not monitoring what I say whatsoever, but just seeing like the photos I post, things that I'm interested in, interested in and so forth so one of my aunts follows me on twitter and i made a post about wanting a walk so you know i'm big cooking mama i love to cook i like a lot of asian dishes and with the walk you can really like get some really nice stir fry and my mom has had my mom has had one for years and i love hers but when i moved she would not let me steal it so i'm like damn i really want one but your girl ain't paying forty dollars 
Anywho, I'm on the internet complaining about this and my aunt decided to be nice and she's responded like, OMG, like I would love to get you one. What's your cash app? So I'm like, oh, bet. Thanks, auntie. I try to swoop in, reply with my cash app. And I think this was a day I was actually out running errands. So I really didn't have my phone just in my hand sitting and staring at it. So I gave her my cash app, went on about what I was doing. I come back to Twitter maybe 10 or 15 minutes later. I had like 15 notifications. I'm like, what are all of these notifications from? Bro, why did somebody use their page to make a fake page of me, block me, and respond to my aunt with their cash app? And, and we're like, oh, that's not my cash app. That one doesn't work. Actually, this is the real one. And my aunt's like, wait a second, that's your cash app? Like, okay, interesting. And then they're like, oh, did the money send? And she's like, oh, yeah, it's sent. And literally somebody else screenshotted the entire interaction with the fake page. And I couldn't even see it at first because they had blocked me. And they're like, oh, yeah, this person is scamming. Like, don't put your cash app out there. Whoever sent you the money, like, you should tell them to try to hurry up and report it. And I'm like, Jesus (laughs) Christ. They swooped in. No, I... I, I don't understand how they're getting access to these cash apps. And I know they, they took your page, but it's just like, I've seen people actually just give out the, the name of their cash app and transactions started moving like almost immediately. Like they didn't even oh, need wow. like front and BU. They just found some way to hack cash app and just do the thing. Matter of fact, I got caught up one time on a, something similar. I was uh, uh, selling, I was on the couch. Somebody Ooh. was trying to pick one up. I asked for the payment methods, which way can y'all, you know, you know, pay which which y'all want to use. And they wanted to do Zelle. I was like, cool. Um, they're like, so yeah, what's your email address and phone number? And I went to do it and I was like, I'm gonna just do the email address because I didn't have it linked to my Zelle. I just have my phone number. Mm. I did the email. Um, and then why 10 minutes later, there was an email with something about, oh yeah, this payment tried to go through, but it couldn't, wouldn't work. Follow the link to resolve this issue. Oh, that's some bullshit. If I click that link, they would have hacked something. They've gotten, found a way to access the actual Zelle and start funneling money through. Um, so moral of the story is, don't be clicking on shit one. <laughs> that you see, because- No, you Phishing link. Um, especially when you're t- nowadays with text messaging, like you'll get, I've seen so many people get text messages lately, like, Oh yeah, um, Citibank has found an issue with the credit card payment. Click here to do blank, blank, blank. Or the DPSS food stamp folks will send a message saying that you know your eligibility has renewed. Like it's been all kinds of shit I've seen. Damn, people is that's a low blow though. Cause why are you? If I'm trying to get food stamps, that obviously means that I need it. Therefore, I don't have the money. Are you trying to scam me? Yeah, it's there getting creative, and it's just like. Y'all niggas can't, y'all can't just work, like, get a hustle or something. Like, no. Deep. Like, fuck. I know shit. Bro. I think it's hard. I know times are hard, but. You know what? Time. I'm not going to say, well, I can say this. I'm all for stealing, but steal from corporations, people. Yeah, that's, Do that's not steal thing. from people, like, actual oh, little people. No, that's a whole separate conversation. Like, I condone um, various levels of finessing in that space. But when it comes to, yeah, from person to person, and let that shit go. That's just like. I mean, honestly, as a uh, as a scammer slash cheat scout, this got be some type of code of ethics. Like, I cannot steal from somebody with this level of net income or net worth. Like, I just it's just not a thing. Like, 
Come on. Bro, people are out here just getting their hands dirty, thieving, robbing, all of that. Because even then, the amount of money my aunt was going to cash at me, it was only $40. I'm like, you really needed $40? That bad? That bad? (laughs) I found $40 just on some casual shit. Like, come on. Like, you ain't got to do all that. Bro, but what about you? What has you fed up or fucked up this week? This week, fed up or fucked up? Um, you know what? That's, there's so many things I can go into. <laughs> um, all right, I'll give you an option. Sorry, I have a lot of uh, motorcycles passing by my crib right now, and it's loud. See, that's the thing about living in the city, man. <laughs> nonstop action out here. Um, I am kind of I'm kind of fed up with the amount of or the lack of privacy that you experience being on the internet nowadays. Um, I was I saw that article recently about um, a woman who, or not even a woman, it was a kid, she's a teenager, her mother, who were having an exchange on um, I believe Instagram or Facebook uh, about an abortion, and police were able to get the data from Meta, you know, formerly Facebook, to use that information against her and, you know, put her to trial for abortion, given the whole Roe versus Wade overturn. Um, that's just fucked up. Like, what? It like, from your DMs? Like, they just asked, are they, like, they just asked for the information from DMs, and now you can, your whole life is getting flipped around for a situation that probably needed to happen given the circumstance. You know, who knows what this whole story is, but it's just like that type of access, was, it just shouldn't be possible. And especially for a lot of people who do things, um, I'm not gonna say illicitly, but on an underground level, uh, mm-hmm. who are making transactions that just don't need to be public or exchanges, it's just like, damn, like, <laughs> you ain't going in there, where the hell can you go? <laughs> like, where could you, where can you have your, um, you know, private exchanges, transactions, and conversations without being person to person. Oh, wow. Yeah, so now I, I see the story. It says it happened in, yeah, Nebraska. Nebraska teen and mother faced charges in abortion-related case that involved obtaining their Facebook mate messages. Oh, wow. That is crazy. And even then, her daughter was 18. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They allege it shows evidence of an illegal self-managed medication abortion. Right. Essentially, she bought an abortion pill by herself without having to go get it prescribed, per se, Mm -hmm. over the counter, which is technically legal in a lot of places. Yes. Uh, Out of state. She got shipped to her state, which is what made it illegal. And yeah, it's just like, damn. That is crazy. But you know what? That's a great point that you bring up just in terms of data privacy, because I was having this conversation with somebody a while ago um, related to abortion rights, because they were even talking about with a lot of apps that women use, like the period trackers and so forth. Yeah, kind of track your ovulation and stuff. And you kind of even though they have already inputted those dates for you, you still have to kind of say, oh, I had a period on this day and blah, 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 blah. Whereas if you were to say, oh, I, I'm late, I didn't have my period, if it were to come up further down the line that you sought to have an abortion or you got an abortion, they would be able to use exactly. that data. Yeah, which is wild. It's like, imagine like maybe you never did get pregnant, but if the app feels 
or assume that you were based off the information that got inputted. I'm not going to say you put it. Somebody could take your phone and do that shit. It's just like so many variables that just, uh, you know, don't allow for a, a, a secure and, and truthful recording, right? It's so many things that could happen. It's just not a, a fair way to use that type of data against folks. And swiftly, like a real quick change, I actually did have something else that had me fucked up, is just that's more, al more aligned with the conversation for today is just how the, the explosion of the cannabis industry and how it's still extremely detrimental toward <laughs> black people and how we are still facing so many uh, hardships for things related to cannabis and there are literally people delivering the shit to your door <laughs> at this point. <laughs> publicly billboards <laughs> everywhere shops everywhere and uh you know niggas still get in trouble for the shit it's just like okay <laughs> like i i don't have the words to properly express my feelings mm -hmm. but um i do i am a strong advocate for um i guess you could say resisting against these injustices and finding ways to protect yourself you mm -hmm. know being having a living a defensive experience, a protective experience, I think as a black individual, this is what we do. But specifically in the space of our find ways that can help or can make your experience better when you're involved in these things. Mm -hmm. let's share, let's let's all uh, you know, let's talk about it. And For sure. kind of why I had did peace pipes, like in a way. It's like it, you know, my pieces, they don't see that what when I created them, I didn't want to necessarily have a bong like i love to smoke through glass but i don't like the way bong they're unique they're cool but they look bongy they look like some stony shit and it's just like that's not my aesthetic one it's not my vibe too and i don't want niggas my business three <laughs> like i don't <laughs> i want you walking the crib like oh it's, if they smoke like nah you, you automatically like it's just there are some subconscious stigmas no matter how educated we are we just kind of have them it's hard to really let it go completely as you could be a person who smokes yourself, but if you walk off my crib and you see like a dab tool, a jar with an ounce of weed and a couple gongs sitting around, you'd be like, damn, these niggas, they get it in. They must be doing, you know, you just, you can't help avoid that thought. Mm -hmm. um, my pieces are decorative. They're made from decorative glasswares throughout the years. You know, they're decanters, they're, uh, they're vases, they're sculptures, they're, there's so many different things I create them from, but they're all decorative. They can be sitting in your home and you wouldn't know what they were until you saw it from a certain angle, <laughs> nine times out of ten. Hey, that is very, very true. And you guys, as we've already leaned into, which is the Make It Make Sense segment, we will be talking about peace pipes, um, which again, I love how Kirsten presented it as this is a piece of art in your home. Not everybody is gonna come into your home and automatically know what it is. I definitely feel like maybe somebody who's a little bit younger, like more in our age range, but my grandma, my aunt, somebody, if they were to see it, oh, they would just be like, oh, it's like a pretty vase or bottle. I don't think they would necessarily know the intricacies right. of like bong and stoner culture just because that's not something they grew up with um but I know I pulled some information from the website again I really just like how you phrased everything because even then you shared that this was a personal experiment to combine the aesthetic of beauty with upcycled antique glassware as a ceremonial 
utility. Because again, this is something that you can use when you want to relax, if you have guests over and you want to entertain and every piece is unique and classy. Like to me, it reminds me of like that fine china when you go over to like a family member's house where they have like a china cabinet, like something of that nature where you can kind of put it up and put it away and people can kind of just like admire it, even though again, it is an actual um, bong. And for my non-stoners, I know there are a few people out there who listen and who do not smoke at all. A bong is also known as a water pipe. And basically, it's kind of like, it's not so much like a hookah in a sense, but again, a water pipe typically kind of seen as glass, um, depending on like your level of expertise. I would say that's how more intricate the bong can be, but very much a part of cannabis culture. Like people who have bongs, they love them to death, even though to me, a majority of the bongs that I've seen are very gaudy and big. And most of the colors are obnoxious in a way. Like I've usually seen them um, even when I go to the dispensary and so forth. Again, they're usually like dark colors. Sometimes they'll have designs, but it's nothing that stands out to me that would fit a home that's a little bit more antique or a house that's more flavorful and so forth. Um, so yeah, that's that's my whole little spiel about peace pipes. But we can get more into even the end your journey with peace pipes. Um, so yeah, going back to I guess you could say the the first one I made. Um, I so in my son's baby shower, I um, I had gotten a bottle of Japanese whiskey. Um, it's funny because there's a brand that has the, his name. It's it's uh, his name is Ocean. So it, um, they coincidentally just had a bottle of Japanese whiskey, and I was like, I want to get something to you know for us to sip on at the, at the baby shower. So I grabbed the bottle, and I kept it. I was like, this is special. I want to keep it for something. Like, I don't know what. Maybe just, I just want to have like a memory or memoirs take home from the baby shower. Sat in the closet for six months, seven. No, actually longer than that. Almost. Oh a year. wow. I think about it. Yeah, it's been almost a year now. Um, and then I just kind of had a, got to a point where I was like, you know what? I think I want to get a bong. Like, I, I don't like to smoke um, tobacco leaf. I don't like using guards and backwoods. Like, one, I'm asked Max, my lungs can't even handle it like that for real. <laughs> so I just, um, and of course, you're like, well, you smoke. Why you have asthma? But the thing is, cannabis has a different effect on your lungs. Like, yes, burning of anything in your lungs is irritating to a degree, but it's about how much, how often, how concentrated the things that you're inputting, you know, that uh, burnt material is. Um, for me as an asthmatic, cannabis actually helps relax the muscles in my lung. It prevents me from getting tight and wheezing and all that shit. So leave me alone. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I wanted one, but now that I have a kid, I'm just like, I don't want a piece of like stoner glassware just sitting out not just you know because i still want to be discreet to an extent with him as he gets older like he's gonna know at a point but in the meantime like i just don't it doesn't have to be a thing and then two um i don't want people in business like going back to being a black person who indulges in cannabis um you know it, it's still it, it's, it's a little tricky because what if somebody you know friend or friend might come over and have very strong opinions about 
cannabis and they're in your crib and they see that and they might make an anonymous report to CPS like, hey, I think they're doing drugs around their child. And there's an inspection and they see paraphernalia, it's an immediate issue because mm -hmm. even if you're in a place where it's legal to smoke, it's still illegal to smoke around anyone under the age of 21 in damn near every state. So that's a problem already in itself. I don't want things that are very obvious sitting around the crib. And I mean, too, I like how you described peace pipes more as a ceremonial utility because you don't even have to smoke cannabis specifically. Like Absolutely I think we not. associate bongs and smoking a lot of times with cannabis, but you know, there are over herbal supplements that oh, people absolutely. like to smoke yeah. tobacco. Like there so, are other things that people burn to find yeah. a way to get that high. Exactly. And so with even that, like, um, I've been known, like I, I've always smoked herbs with my cannabis for almost a decade now. Like I don't just smoke by itself more often than not. I'm with friends and will, but I make my own herbal blends, which I will be having on the site very soon. So know so that's coming too. Um, but uh, yeah, I, a after deciding on what I wanted, I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna make my own bong versus going to buy one. What can I make it out of? And I was browsing the internet. I saw people doing all kinds of DIY projects. I'm like, maybe I can get through glass some kind of way. Um, and I found the piece to get to drill through glass to get the base started before I can add all the attachments and things and whatnot. And so I bought tools and everything, went about making it, and I definitely failed that first one. The bottle shattered completely. <laughs> so I lost that <laughs> piece of memory. <laughs> um, but again, you know, I chose it because it was shaped well enough for its intended purpose. Like it had a wider bottom, a narrow neck, like it worked. So I began to practice about three or four more shattered, shattered bottles later, <laughs> I found a really, really, really cool uh, vintage decanter at a beer shop I was browsing. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, okay, this is the one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it right this time. And I ended up making it, it worked. I shared it with some friends and everybody was like, oh my God, I need one. Like I need, and they were sharing it on Instagram and showing their people. And they're like, do you make these? I was like, I don't, but I can. <laughs> so, you know, I just made a couple more pieces and um, I gifted a couple, sold a couple, and it just kind of snowballed into a thing. Mm -hmm. um, and what I love seeing though was just people taking it home and using it for its intended purpose. Like, again, it's a ceremonial tool. Like, we don't think of getting together for a kickback as a ceremony, but it is. We are celebrating each other. We are coming together in some type of communion, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like, I have a personal ritual when I smoke, like, I'll get. I'll light an incense, and I'll get my table lighter, I'll fill the bong up, make some tea, uh, add the water, like pack the bowl, choose what specific herbs I want to use for this experience, for the vibe I want. Like it's a whole ceremony. It's a whole, and it's this nice setup. I know me personally, just thinking about my living space. Um, my living space isn't girly, but it is still very, I would say like soft, colorful. Um, I want to relax in my home. However, I do want things that stick out and I feel like fit me. So mm -hmm. even then as somebody who partakes in smoking here and there and so forth, I have an ashtray, but my ashtray is still dainty. It has a butterfly in it. Like right. I still had to find something that I felt like fit me and kind of my living space. So I even feel like with peace pipes, again you are able to have this appealing gorgeous glassware that is 
unique in its own right because I can promise you I have never seen like even when I went with um Kirsten when he was making a few sales during an event and I was just looking at all of them individually I'm like these are so unique like me personally I would have never thought in my mind like okay I, I see this gorgeous vase I'm gonna figure out a way to like make it into something that can be used for smoking but as I look more at them I'm just still like these could fit in anywhere. Like even you know, everybody could have these. That's that's the fun part for me is like going out and basically I'm looking around these different stores online, estate sales, thrift shops. I'm like, can I smoke out? <laughs> like that's my whole mo. And I've been since college. I've been you know sometimes you might run out. Of, like back in college, we, you people would roll guards. Sometimes you ain't have one. It's like, okay, what around here can we use? We can make gravity bong, we can use water bong. People, were, you would find a way to make apples. <laughs> like you find a way to make it work. So, you know, that the culture of that has been fun. So I've been able to enjoy doing this. But um, yeah, with the glassware, like, you know, I do, I am pretty particular now is how I choose. I do want you to have something that is unique. Like a lot of times I, I try to find things that A, are gonna be truly one of one. Um, like you won't find, there's not another piece that's been converted like that. Like there, there, are, there are actually some really rare glass with pieces I've used. I've used handmade pieces like so that legit you're not gonna ever find it. If somebody else was like, I'm gonna do this too, you can do it, but you're not gonna have this one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and what I do love is the history of things. I, I've been getting into glass history <laughs> coming up on this and it's really cool. Like there's this, um, it's a pink glass decanter I recently gotten. Uh, beautiful shape. It's very soft rose pink color tinted glass. Mm -hmm. um, and it came with like uh, a, uh, I guess I would use it as a roller tray, but it used to be a serving tray mm -hmm. um, and a few teacups, which of course we'd be having tea and smoke. You already, yeah, it's, it's a full set right there. Like you have a whole, you know, experience. But uh, that was from the 1920s. It was made in 1923. So oh wow! A piece of glassware older than your grandma, great grandma, probably great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like just at the crib that's found new life. It's 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 made it through the years, and again back then it was used as a communal tool. People put their drinks in there. They serve tea in the glasses. It it has the same purpose. It just looks different. And a lot of my friends nowadays we don't drink like we used to back in the day. So they can't. You know, let's just go back to my first touch with it in the. Um, grandmother's house, uncles, aunt's houses. I would see the cancers, didn't know what they were for, but they were pretty. And of course, that's where you put your good wine, you put your good whiskey in there, right? It's mm -hmm. a community, we brought it out with guests over, poured it up, got some drinks. My friends don't drink like that, but we do smoke like that. So, you know, it, it's found- To each life. is all. Right, it's found new life, again, still serving the same purpose, still looking as beautiful as it did. Um, I do try my best to make sure that if I find something that might not be in the best condition to restore it first and make sure it's still fresh and pristine and mm -hmm. it's nice and clear and clean for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's you know, I, I do appreciate the second life behind it that they've been able to stand the, the test of time, not just aesthetically, but like literally <laughs> they've been around longer than we've been alive. <laughs> But what's crazy is too, I feel like more people are starting to even get into that space of being like, you know, everything in my living space should speak to me specifically and things I like to do as well as my own aesthetic. Because literally as you were talking, I even start thinking about um, Seth Rogen 
So, you know, he's always been a part of cannabis culture, okay. smoking and so forth. But even just recently, how he shared more about getting into pottery and he made his yeah. own rolling tray, which had like the grinder and the ashtray. Yeah, and house, even his uh, brand's houseplant. Yeah, they, uh, and fire. He, it's amazing. I, I, I'm super inspired by him. Like he, he literally took the mid-century aesthetic and brought it back because back then all the stuff I do is from that same time, time uses from the time period, like, um, you know, forties to seventies, like they made such beautifully crafted things for their everyday. Like we have big lighters, right? They're just, you, you buy them cheap, you throw them away. But I've recently come up on like just getting into table lighters and table lighters, they're, they're big, they're beautiful. You're not gonna lose them because they are like the size of baseballs, um, but they just look nice. They can fit your home. They, they're sustainable on top of that. You're not throwing them away every two seconds. You are, they are reusing them forever. All you're doing is replacing the wick and flint and you know, you're good to go. Uh, ashtrays, uh, cigarette dispensers. Now we probably use some joint dispensers because of course tobacco's not doing that, be honest. <laughs> no shame, but you know, they're being, re we can repurpose them. But um, I love that. I love the, the mid-century aesthetic. Um, I definitely am a, a, a big collector of those uh, mid-century paraphernalia. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, more things you will see in time. Like you will see those ashtrays, dispensers, and table lighters on the site as I find and restore restore them. But um, they, yeah, they made some beautiful stuff back then. I, I do really appreciate the, the quality. That's why they, that's why it lasts so long because they took yes. their time. Same like IKEA shit, <laughs> it ain't gonna break after a year. Like you know. And two, you should want to treat it as a valuable prize possession. Like you said, this is a one in a million thing. You bought it because it spoke directly to you. So why not take care of it? Right. That's exactly how I see it. And last but not least, I was just going to ask in general too, in terms of any stereotypical view of weed smokers or people who partake in the activities that require bongs like do you feel like in general people have a stereotypical view in general people do and that's the thing what i do like about this is that it kind of breaks that up a little bit you can you'd be surprised well first of all it's just insane that people still have that stigma around who the smoker what smoker archetype is when quite literally there are people using cannabis in every sector in life in business like I've seen grandmas, I've seen athletes and doctors and lawyers, everybody. If, if majority of, of the people we know drink, what makes you think they don't smoke? They might not smoke. Like the, at this point, it's grown to the point where it's about what and what. If you look up the statistics about how many people in America drink, I mean, smoking ain't that far. It's, it's pretty much like out of five people you know, probably at least three casually use cannabis. If you could, I can pull 10 friends now, nine out of 10 of them will drink casually. So, you know, we don't see that as a problem. It's not weird. It's not, you know, you don't flinch. You can tell they can do anything, any, any mm -hmm. profession, not a problem. So cannabis is slowly, you know, it's getting there, but people do need to uh, kind of show on that. But back to the point, I do feel that having one of my pieces, again, helps break that stigma up a little bit because you can say you have them when you look at it, it would, it, oh, I didn't even know that was bong. I didn't, I would have never thought that that was something. Literally, I'm looking at my flowers now, which are right across from me. And even me, and just based on what I've seen of some of the pieces, I'm like, I could literally put that next to one of my vases and nobody I, would I mean, be able to tell. It would just look, it would, if anything, compliment my flowers. 
if we had, so this was, let's just say this was a video podcast, like in the other room, I do have one of my peace pipes that I have flowers sitting in because it used to be a vase. I mean, it could still be a vase since I'm ready to use it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's no problem there. So um, again, multi-purpose. Even if you're not a smoker, you might have friends, so you can have a, you can have a piece to entertain with. If you don't want to smoke cannabis, there are many herbs you can choose from to also consume. Um, it could just be decorative because again, once upon a time, these were decorative things. Um, so that it is very multifunctional and it has a lot of use for you know, this map of your Yes, and you guys, towards the end of the episode, I will have Kirsten drop the deets on the website and social media as well as any upcoming news that he has but moving into the last segment of the show we have you are drove so for all my non-st louisans um drove is basically terminology for you thought something was going to work out in your favor and it just did not but you guys, this week's You Are Drove segment is kind of about a situation where somebody was very drove, but I mean, they still held themselves accountable for their part in the situation, but all in all, it's some crazy shit. So I don't know if you guys have watched the newest Netflix documentary, um, but I am referring to Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist, mm-hmm. and it is a very complex and captivating story um I was definitely a teenager when this came out but back in 2018 Notre Dame star linebacker Manti Teo his grandmother died Mm. and just hours later his girlfriend died of leukemia rising above the tragedy He still went out, played his game, and literally gave Notre Dame like their best winning season. But the girlfriend did not exist. It was essentially a hoax, but not the sort of hoax that he had been a part of or done anything in the background to kind of spotlight himself. Basically, he was a victim of catfishing. So again, this is back 2012. So I don't even think catfish the show or the movie had even um came out yet like that wasn't a thing I don't even think we had terminology for catfishing or anything of that sort but basically he had fallen in love with a fake Facebook profile um not to say that the profile was some random individual this was actually a real person person who was using the photo and the name knew that this person existed. That's why they would about using all of their information and image to create the profile because they knew like, oh, if he were to go back and ask anybody like, oh, do you know about this person that I've been in communication with? Once they saw the photo, they would be like, okay, yeah, I do know her. That's so-and-so and so-and-so. So again, he's going along with it, whatever. But once the shit hit the fan, a media frenzy followed. And he went from being this all-star athlete that was going to be potentially one of the top picks in an NFL draft to like this fallen soldier. He was the target of ridicule and attack. But in the um, documentary on Netflix, it kind of breaks it down a little bit more. And he's given the opportunity to fully tell his story. But in general, the whole story is crazy because even then the person who he was in communication with, um, they decided to break things off, but they 
did it in the most unnecessary and heartbreaking way, which is by instead of coming out and just saying what actually happened, they chose to kill off this fake persona that they had created. And Manti, he was catfished by Renaya, who is now a transgender woman that goes by Naya. So even throughout the documentary, I think it's really interesting that they kind of have Naya speaking as well as Manti, like sharing both their sides. So Naya does go into detail just about their mental state as well as how they were identifying at the time and some things that they just weren't honest with themselves about, which led to them kind of creating this profile and allowing it to go on for so long. And once it got to that point, they were just like, oh, I have to break it off in the worst way possible so that he never wants to communicate with me again. So Naya killed off the girlfriend. And what they did is they basically called Manti, not even realizing that before they even called him that his actual grandmother had died shortly before this to say that, oh, I'm her family member. I know before she told you she had had some um, health concerns and had kind of been in and out of the hospital, but unfortunately she passed. And they continued to carry Uh, on that same lie by even showing up to one of his games later on down the season and being like, oh yeah, I'm her cousin that caught you. It's so great to meet you in person. You know, she would have loved to have been here. How long does this last? Like, how long were they able to, like, able to keep the straight up? Um, I think they were able to keep it up until Manti found out about it. Now, that's the thing, too. He found out about it, and I, I might need to go back and watch it so I don't give incorrect details. But he found out about it before the media actually did. He just never flat out told them. Mm-hmm. He was more so shocked and embarrassed that it had happened and at no point in time he kind of fact-checked anything so he thought okay I'm just gonna sweep this under the rug this didn't happen and kind of tried to never speak of it again but the thing was basically another smaller sports university um, outlet they broke the news and what's crazy is some of the reporters that broke the news they're being interviewed in the documentary as well and they were like you know our intentions were never to put him in this spotlight if anything we were trying to embarrass ESPN and Sports Illustrated for telling this story and never fact-checking any of the information about this so-called girlfriend because when we looked further into it there was nothing proven that she actually existed like even when we looked into where they said she lived and her family and friends and even hospital records like you know death certificates are a thing and I believe most death certificates are public it might not say how the person passed but you can look yeah and see that a person passed and there was nothing saying that this was a deceased individual crazy just somebody taking time to look into it it just didn't happen and it didn't happen and it's sad because like they kind of just took it and ran with it once the information came out and they never apologized or even admitted to their wrongdoing of not that checking but his life was just affected tremendously by it so he wound up not being one of the top draft picks Even when he was selected by an NFL team, there was a lot of ridicule that he faced and he never felt comfortable fully telling his story because this is the first time he's told the full story in 10 years. Cray 
V. That's, that's rough. I, oh, no. What I personally would do in that scenario or situation, but go berserk because it's like our whole relationship is a lot. A lot. It's not like our whole relationship is a lie. You lied to me and kept this up for how long? And you allowed me to even kind of make a fool of myself? It's crazy is that I, I, I did for a time, a long time. I used to watch Catfish. I'm just like, I don't understand how you even how people maintain these full relationships and not know the person isn't real. There's just so many ways to figure it out. But I do have to be honest, like sometimes if you just, if you're that in love and spitting over somebody, you just, sometimes it should just go over your head. Like, I kind of get it. I still don't get it, but I kind of get it. <laughs> and I mean, like, same, because you would think, like... Like, as, as an NFL player, right, it's like, how many ways could you have had access to, like, okay, hey, fly her out to come see you. Let's take a date. Or in the offseason, like, they it, they weren't together. And he tried. He did. Now, he did a bit to it throughout the documentary, too, that there were instances that he could have looked more into it, but... He kind he kind of seemed like a guy who, even though he was a football player and he was attractive and so forth, he wasn't one of those like playboy yeah, he was, he was types of person. He was very much more of I think too he was from I think he was from Hawaii, but he was even then he was from a small town, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like he was used to just this influx of attention from all of these women and dating people and everything else. So again, he was just more wrapped up in the fact, like, oh my gosh, I like talking to her. She brings me a level of comfort. I believe um, Naya had given the woman like a similar background to here. So the woman was also supposed to be Polynesian. So even then there were a lot of things that they could relate to. And that's why he kind of went along with it for such a long period of time. But you guys, you got to watch it. It's on Netflix again. It's called Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. But you guys, that is it for this week's episode. Again, it has been great having Kirsten here to talk about peace pipes and all of their like intricacies and beautifulness. Like I said, you guys, I'm going to be posting um, some video that I have as well as links to the website. But Kirsten, do you want to tell my listeners where they can find you at? Absolutely. Yeah, you can find me at on Instagram at peace pipes. It's uh, P E A X E P I P E S peacepipes.com. TikTok and Peace Pipes, we're consistent across the board with it. Um, and I don't know, just take a look and find your peace. <laughs> you know? Love it. But you guys, that's it. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Annoyed Not Offended with See It. Have a question or interested in sharing an annoyance of your own to be read on the show? Email annoyednotoffended at gmail.com. Also, Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Annoyed Not Offended for more hilarious content and updates on the show. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, bye.